morning again. This is Luca Mino. We are live again. I hope everybody's doing well. Uh, we're uh, off to a little rocky start here, but that's okay. Everything's doing good. I hope everybody's well. And uh, I'm in the captain's chair again for the next hour. And it's good to be back. It's good to be back. Uh, there's a lot to talk about this hour. Uh, and we have callers that uh, hopefully we'll be calling in as well. We'll be giving out the numbers. Uh, I just really want to get the book drive out of the way because that's probably one of the most important things at the moment. Um, a lot of fun. Uh, okay, so RBN has been conducting uh, an ongoing book drive since November 5th, 2023, going on until January 8th, 2024. Uh, donations $100 or more will be taken. Uh, from those two dates, November 5th to January, okay, November 5th to January 22nd. Uh, that will provide the donor with an opportunity to receive a book previously owned by John Stadmiller. The available book of the week will be posted in the RBN feed every Monday and announced by various hosts throughout the week. Every Sunday night, there'll be a drawing from the list of qualified donors and the winners will be announced in the second hour of Off the Beaten Path with Steve Elkins at 7 p.m. Uh, Central Time. So, uh, books will also come with a oh, RBN bumper, uh, RBN uh, business card and bumper sticker as well. Okay? Uh, if you don't win uh, a book, your name will just carry over to the next week's drawing. That's pretty cool. And uh, this week, the book is called The Antichrist and a Cup of Tea, written by Tim Cohen. Looking good. So... That's pretty exciting. And this is week five of the uh, John Stadmiller book drive. Two years ago, we lost him. And uh, I would have loved to meet him because I had so many things that I, that I thought the same way as he did. So I hear from, from you know, what I've been listening to him, what I've been able to listen to of him. And uh, it's also in his honor that I do my World War II um, segments every now and again. Um can somebody, if somebody's going to call today, could somebody please uh, tell me uh, about paper that doesn't curl up after you write on it? Okay, because I'm writing notes. I, I have papers, and they're all lifted up on on both sides. It's driving me absolutely bananas. If anybody can figure that out, and no, I don't feel like taping stuff down to my desk. Uh, the numbers to call today: five one two two four eight eight two five two. And 1-800-313-9443. I wanted to start the show a certain way, and I guess I'm not going to start it a certain way. Uh, I guess I'm not going to. Um, so what we're doing is we're going to talk about morality and obedience very quickly. Because I just wrote something before the show. But first, we are going to do a prayer, as we always do, or as I love to do. And talk about my disclaimer after that, very, very briefly. Uh, many of us in this time have lost the inner substance of our lives and have forgotten to give praise and remember the sacredness of life. But in spite of this forgetting, there's still a part of us deep inside somewhere, and it's intimate with the world, okay? We remember it by feel. We experience it as a murmur in the night or a longing and restlessness that we can't name, a yearning that tugs at us uh, for its 
only recently in time, in Earth time, that the severing of the connections between the people and the land have taken place. And if anybody is pushing like I am or trying to towards higher learning, that's what this is all about. Because that's what we were supposed to be taught in school, okay? That's what we were supposed to be taught about our spiritual power, okay? No, we don't want that. No, we're going to give you vaccines or what we call vaccines since birth, according to Rudolf Steiner, okay? This Rockefeller doesn't want workers. He doesn't want thinkers, right? He wants workers, okay? Uh, it all makes sense when you compartmentalize everything. Uh it's kind of a yearning, a spiritual growth yearning that tugs at us. If we don't have big pharma plugging up everything. Um, for it's only recently in earth time. Isn't that interesting? Earth time. That we have severed that connection between the land and the people. Of course we did. I mean, that's that's how the USA Inc. was founded. Everything the uh, everything America has, has it has stolen okay, from somebody. Uh, something in our human blood is searching for it, still listening, still remembering or trying to. There's a longing, uh, a place inside us that seeks to be whole and connected with the earth again, even if we can feel it, even if we're not told that's what it is, or even if we don't understand it, that's what it is, in my humble opinion. This too is, it's a place of beginning. It's a source of our living believe it or not. And I'm allowed to get corny and I'm allowed to get sentimental because it's my show. Uh, okay, so in my disclaimer, I have something new. I'm going to say this from now on. Well, when I talk about my disclaimer, I'll say it from now on. I always say that, you know, what I want to share with you on the show, it's not necessarily true. It's going to be true to the best of my ability. It's going to be useful to you and it's going to be necessary. Yes, but I don't want to focus on truth. Because I always say what resonates with me is what I'm going to share with you. So you know what? In my disclaimer, I'm going to call it resonance and not truth. I think it's pretty cool. Because, you know, I got one of those. Well, were you there, Luca? When I was, last time I was talking about World War II, we got this smart ass on, on, on a comment. You know, were you there, Luca? And it's like, obviously, I wasn't there. No. Okay. So... Rather than focusing on what the truth is, because that's where you can argue about that till kingdom come, why not, uh, why not focus on what resonates with us? That way we can share it, and that way we can talk about anything under the sun. I think it's pretty cool. I'm convinced. Um, I am absolutely convinced that this is how spirit works. Can I give you a quick example? Uh, right on Facebook, um, I get this meme right in my lap. You know what I mean? And there's no such thing as coincidence, right? Uh, the, the meme has, you know, people uh, up in the air and dancing. It looks like a party or something. And it's seen from, from about their, their shoulders up. So all you see is arms and, you know, yeah, partying and, and, and right in the fog of what looks like it could be a concert, but you can't see what's in front of them. And the meme says, maybe the people that don't get it aren't supposed to. And I thought, how cool is that? That is how spirit works. I'm positive. Uh, and I'm not even going to argue with anybody over it, right? Because that's, I, know, I know that that's what my instinct told me right away when I saw it. You know why? Because it's done on purpose. In order for spirits to protect themselves, okay, and not fall into the wrong hands. So 
I think that's pretty cool. I had to share that because we're, we're living in a technological society, says John Trudell. Uh, this, technical, uh, this technological society creates many illusions of reality. And the most irresponsible behaving entity that ever lived on this planet. Uh, this civilization is not about responsibility. It's about guilt, sin, blame, and aggressive behavior. Aggressive bad behavior. I call it patriarchy. Uh, that is the shadow world. The real world is about fulfilling our responsibility to life. It's about love. It's about caring. It's about empathy. It's about compassion for each other. Right? But instead, says Voltaire, uh, the earth is a huge theater where the same tragedy is played under different names. Wow. You know? They've been lying to us since birth. And I'm getting a, a different spin on stuff. And I want to thank everybody listening. And I want to thank everybody that likes tuning in on my show. Uh, hopefully they do, you know, and every week because the fact that I'm doing this really helps me learn about myself. You know, duh, right? I'm, I'm learning. I'm growing as, as we grow together, okay? That's a better way to say it. Um, and I'm kind of shifting my, my angle because I'm going like, how can, how can there be such a difference between morality and obedience, right? Just like how can people working for Netanyahu go over there and just bulldoze, you know, and just uh, call them like, uh, well, we'll get into that in a few seconds because, uh, no, well, actually we can get into that now. Uh, because before I, I go there, uh, they're, they're trying to, um, wow, things are really, really going fast now, okay? And uh, people are waking up just as fast. So in my humble attempt to think like the enemy, you know, well, what do you do in war? You want to put yourself in the enemy's place. You want to think like the enemy. What would the enemy do? So, okay, I started reading like the Protocols of Zion, like the Secret Covenant of the Illuminati, where they call us no better than bugs to squash. You know, look at what damn... What was her name? Rose's mother on the Titanic. Look what she said when she saw uh, Jack with half the spit on his face still, you know. Uh, she, she looked at him like he was an insect to squash quickly. Okay. That's what they think of the Indian too. Okay. So this is, it's a hate. They're hate writings of these non-Jews or faux Jews, we'll call them. Uh, to which I saw much clearer all of a sudden one morning. Uh, I get a message from a friend of mine. Look at this image right on Facebook. Three terrorists. And I actually have their names. And I wish I could show you the picture because I would if I could. Terrorists of the Middle East. But look at them. Okay, there's Yoav Galan. There's Bibi Netanyahu, right? And there's Benny Gantz. All three of them. All three of them. Hello, they're Romanian, Polish, and they're running the Middle East, not one ounce of Arab blood. Oh, what's wrong with this picture? Three Romanian-Polish guys running the Middle East, not one ounce of Arab blood in them. Oh, okay, well, you know why. 
They work for the Rothschilds, right? This is how you get a chance to see, oh, Rothschild, you know, yes, we played a part in in creating Israel in 1917 via the Balfour Declaration that was forced on the British, you know. Okay. You know, and, and there's, oh, another compartment. Okay, then you jump to Kissinger. You look at what Kissinger speaks of when he talks about the military. I think most people know that quote by now. Uh, our military are just dumb, stupid animals to be used as cannon fodder in our foreign policy. That's paraphrasing. Wow. Okay. Then we go to another quote of his about war. And most people know about that one. All you have to do is go to Google and they'll be proud to put it up. You know, war keeps people hating each other. War creates a constant flow of profits to our military industrial complex. War is important in many ways in establishing the new world order. Power is the ultimate aphrodisiac. Uh, Again, it doesn't matter if Kissinger said that or not. That is out there. That resonates with me. So I want to share it with you. You know why? Because I also studied what happens to people that go to war. You know, you listen to to what people like Mark Passio are saying, the cult of ultimate evil, uh, order followers, people in the military. And then you have one of the highest ranking, most decorated Marines at the time that writes a book explaining how war is a racket. But we still don't get it. Uh, Okay, so it's brainwashing. Right. It's complete brainwashing. Again, morality versus obedience. What is morality? Morality is doing what's right regardless of what you are told. Okay? Obedience, I sound like Mark Passio, obedience is doing uh, what you are told regardless of what's right because you're following orders. Right? Interesting. So these men, you know, that we see, right, support our troops. They're not heroes. They're pawns being used in, a, in an immoral game of wholesale murder. And if they knew, they would not be enlisting. And then right on the same Facebook, you have stop soldier suicide. Stop soldier suicide. So what do I write on the bottom in a comment? Well, if people knew uh, what they were enlisting for, uh, there would not be any people enlisting. Uh, And there's that wonderful meme. I don't think I have it this week, but it says, before you serve your country, find out who or what your country is serving. But today uh, I wanted to throw this out again about PTSD very quickly, because this is the difference between morality and obedience. It's like, oh, okay, we'll just go out in another country that the name we can't even pronounce and go kill people we've never even met. Um. I don't have to talk about it very long, but it's important because the word soldier is Latin or French for the sun. And the earliest recorded religions believed that human sacrifice was needed in order to ensure that the sun would rise the next day. Sol dier or D-I-E-R literally means to die for the sun in that case. Sol is also related to the solar plexus, an area of our body where the heart is housed okay where the heart is and the heart is believed to be where the soul is anchored to kill or act immorally is believed to inflict the death of the soul 
the mysterious part of us that knows right from wrong. So to Jason Kristoff, who writes this, he says that soldier means one of two things, soldier or dyer, meaning to die for the sun, which is an ancient solar religion, or to have ourselves destroy our own soul by acting against our own human nature. 26 U.S. soldiers, in this case, and that was years ago, commit suicide every day because of the death of their souls. Okay? Look at Pat Tillman. That was a good example. Well, they got hit. They got rid of him real quick. He thought he was doing a good thing. He goes to war. He finds out what it is. What happened to him? Oh, you know, three close-range bullet holes from from a, a NATO rifle right in the forehead. They got rid of his diary, too, because he was going to come back to America and and, and uh, raise the biggest anti-war movement there was, the world has ever seen. Oh, no, you're not. Okay? So they keep lying to us, right? Uh, I think it's fair to say that they've lied to us, they, the elite or the cabal, okay? Well, who do you mean by they, Luca? Okay, it's the cabal. It's the elite, whatever you want to call them. I call them Rothschild, but they're a lot bigger than that. Um, they've lied to us since birth about everything, right? Okay. But they didn't lie about the Holocaust. They lied. They didn't lie about World War II. They didn't lie about Japan. Oh, Japan. What about Japan? Well, uh, does anybody know about, well, everybody knows about the atomic bombs that were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, right? This is an idea of what uh, what America's like. How come we didn't how, how come we didn't hear about the storm of Nepal in Japan's largest cities that were carried out uh, before the bombs were dropped? Oh, wooden wooden architecture, wooden structures, right? Ancient Japan that actually killed the dropping of napalm on Japan's largest cities actually killed more civilians, if not all of them. Than incinerating, you know, incinerating entire populations, rather than the bombs that came afterwards. Think about that one. What does that sound like? Let me read that again. Actually, killing most civilians, if not all of them, incinerating them with, incinerating their populations. That sounds like hellstorm. That sounds like what they did to Germany. Again, see, this sounds like like Churchill all over again, right? And that was about, huh? What are we talking? Nineteen forty-five? Yeah. Uh, Germany, 1944, you know, like next, right? Churchill was on a rampage. And I'm going to be speaking about this. I even have something from Ernst Zundel I want to read to you today, okay? This is, no, I'm not buying it. So we'll be right back because we have music coming up and we're going to find out the truth or whatever resonates with us on Luca's World. Charles de Gaulle once said, actually, it's difficult to envision in this regard any other criterion, any other standard than gold. Yes, gold, which does not change in nature, which can be made into either bars, ingots, or coins, which has no nationality, and which is considered in all places and all times the immutable and fiduciary value par excellence. 
So when the question is, why gold? It's simple, my friends. The answer to that question is simply, why not? Like it or not, precious metals will always be the world's reserve currency, even though nations do not define their currency by their worth in, say, gold. Individuals still buy gold and silver to protect themselves from inflation. The more money a nation's central bank pours into the economy, the less value its currency, the dollar is, which means the price of everything else rises. $21 up for a bag of dog food. Seeing that the dollar is cheap, that's why the cost of everything goes up. It's because the buying power, the value of the dollar is tanked. It's worth nothing. And the gold that your family would have owned in 1907 will buy at least the same amount of goods, if not far more. William McPhee once stated, it's extraordinary how many emotional storms one may weather in safety if one is ballasted with ever so little gold. The truth about money, gold versus cash in a crisis, gold, a valuable thing to store, the power of gold in times of crisis. Historical sketch of paper currency. Oh, and beware the Ides of Rare Coin Dealers and Alan Greenspan's speech on gold and economic freedom. How interesting. I'm going to give you gold and silver in five easy lessons. Seeking out the most efficient and most secure route to owning gold and converting it into widely accepted currency is the next best thing to enjoying gold-backed currency, my friends. In a world of central bankers hell-bent on devaluing our savings, you need to own private gold standard. Contact me, Jeffrey Bennett at Kettle Moraine Limited, by calling our phone number at 602-799-8214. That's 602-799-8214. Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. And this is where the producer lets me talk a little bit. But this time we have a surprise. And I hope that Lynn from Maryland is listening. Because Lynn, Lynn called one day and she said, you know, that song reminds me of my husband, Steve. And I said, well, you know, next time we play this, rather than talking about me surfing, we're going to dedicate this to Steve. So there we go. I've said it. And if she calls, you'll hear it. And even if she doesn't, it'll be recorded. We're back on Lucas World. I want to thank everybody for, for listening. We're into some heavy stuff about Israel, and I haven't even started my clips yet. But um, let me just get through this with, uh, wow. Okay, so we were talking before the clip about Kissinger and, and how, he, how he treats the uh, people in the military. And then we jumped to PTSD. And now we're talking about Netanyahu because, you know, we kind of, uh, actually, he was asked plainly by my best friend, what is it about the Palestinians that he despised so much? 
And you know what he said? This is paraphrasing again, but this is what he said. You know, when you have rats in your house and you're trying to get rid of them, and there are more and more and more of them all the time, so you place a rat's nest over there in the corner so you get as many rats as you can to go to that one area. You see, Palestinians are, uh, Palestinians are those rats. And we've done whatever we could to eradicate them uh, and hurting them here, over here, or over there. But at some point, you just have to get rid of them all. And then he walks away. Begging your pardon, that's exactly what Churchill said about the indigenous, about the, uh, about, you know, the tribes. Uh, and, wow, okay, uh, I just have a few quotes to show you about, okay, so when asked what might be done with up to the five million ethnic Germans overrun by American-supplied Red Army in 1944 to 1945, Britain's unelected Premier Winston Churchill simply replied, oh, don't mind the five or more million Germans, Stalin will see to them. Uh, you will have no trouble with them. They will cease to exist. This guy wanted to uh, gas. Uh, I want a, I want a cold-blooded calculation made as to how it would be, how it would pay to use poison gas. Instead of these silly con- conventions of the mind, you know, about how, you know, how bad it is. You know, we could drench the, the uh, cities of uh, Ruhr and many other cities in Germany in such a way that the population would be requiring constant medical attention, okay? Of course, that proposal goes against the 1925 Geneva Protocol outlying the use of poison gas, okay? So it was never adopted, okay? But he still manages to, you know, kill off how many, you know, how, how many countries, and, and Germany was just another one, this is why nobody wants to talk about it. 1893, as young as 23, he's already destroying Pakistan. 1897, he's in Afghanistan. The Boers Wars in Africa, early 1900s. Very quickly, Palestine, 1917. And Iraq, 1920s. You know, that's when he asked for, you know, some kind of asphyxiating bombs that we should use uh in order to just take control of Iraq completely. Churchill's hatred for Indians leads to, what, four or more million starving during the Bengal famine. A year later, it's in Athens, a massacre in Athens. Okay, and then 1944. Wow. 1953, after that, it's Kenya. The fertile highlands of Kenya are not to be for the uh, local population. They're only for the colonial settlers. Wow. See, so <laughs> this this is like I, I even got the movie Darkest Hour so I could learn about what they're lying about to us. And, and now there's a new Hitler movie coming out. See, they're really trying to push it hard. And um, wow, all of those crimes they're put on on his on Hitler's shoulders. You know, and think about it. See, so. What does the international Zionist movement do? They blame absolutely everybody for the crimes they commit. And if anybody wants a word, no, it's not the N-word. It's not Nazi. It's not Nazi Donbass, or it's not Nazi this or that. It's not at all. Uh, Nazi was Hitler's party itself, okay? 
the National Socialists, okay? The word Nazi was just invented to, to, to piss them off, to, to make fun of them, and, and to ridicule them. So uh, when you're saying the N-word, when you're saying Nazi, you're talking about the people, like Patton said, that we destroyed the good people, we destroyed the good race in Europe. You know, watch what's going to happen. America's going to become, a, you know, a land of degenerate morals and corruption. Where do you think we're heading? That's exactly what's happening because the international Zionists got away with doing what they did. They lied to us about everything, including the Holocaust, you know, H-O-L-O cost and H-O-L-O domor, holo domor, and then the Holocaust afterwards. Uh yeah, I can spell. You know, it, it's ludicrous. So I really want to talk about that more and more uh, on my shows, if need be. And if people don't want me to, then they'll just they'll tell me or they'll refer to me as somebody who's talking too much about it. Whatever. We'll, we'll see. Anyway, we have somebody on the line we don't want to keep holding on. So uh, we'll come right back after this break. This is Lucas World. Stick around. truth you're listening to republic broadcasting network real news real talk real people because you can handle the truth people often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting extendivite allow me to read a few in one month my blood pressure dropped significantly i no longer get chest pain after exercise it's amazing and i ordered my second bottle The reviews are spot on. My target is to get off BP meds, and if it keeps going like this, I see a light at the end of the tunnel. So far, a great product is what it claims to be. Great product. A few days in, and I could feel a difference for certain. Not checking medical stats yet. I know this is really working by how I feel. We'll continue to take this product. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit Extendivite.com. Dot com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Here's some interesting news. Due to all the recent claims about possible nuclear wars, viruses, solar flares, and civil unrest, people are scrambling to prepare and stockpile food. But the one thing out of reach for many is an underground bunker. Until now. Because you can now have a 3D printed underground bunker in just one day. An excavator digs a hole in your backyard and 3dbunkers.com shows up in a small truck and sets up their 3D printer under a tent completely undetected. They can print as many rooms as you want at a fraction of the cost compared to traditional metal bunkers. 3D Bunkers uses polymer concrete, which is five times stronger than regular cement. YouTube 3DBunkers.com and watch the video. The creators of 3D Bunkers is looking for a business partner that can help bring this technology to the world. And we need to protect our way of life without living in fear. Contact Brad at 3DBunkers.com for more details or visit 3DBunkers.com. 
Tehibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113. DrinkSuperTea.com And that's exactly what we're doing. We are tearing the walls down. And I see a little... Uh, Lynn in Maryland, it says on line one, good morning to you. Welcome to Luca's World. How are you doing? Good morning, Luca. Thank you so much. Thank you. You made my day. You really good. did. You made you made my weekend. Yesterday well, was just, my birthday, so it's a double whammy. Thank you, thank okay, you, well, thank you. Keep listening to that over and over and over and over <laughs> and over. Now, now and that we I'll have give- a recording of it. Okay, and I'll give you a present. I'll give you a book recommendation. The Hundred Years' War on Palestine by Rashid Khalidi, K-H-A-L-I-D-I. I've listened to a couple of his interviews. He's a professor at Columbia University, and it's The History of Palestine. Good book. Good You might stuff. enjoy it. Absolutely. Bless uh, your heart. We got some very difficult uh, truths coming out right now, so it, it, it's rough. But uh, it, it's good to have a little angel come on the show and say hello, you know, and make everything better again. Well, you made mine better, so you you brought me happy, happy, joyful tears. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, God bless you. And we'll we'll do the same thing next week. We'll we'll, we'll do that. Okay. You have a good day. I, thank you. Look forward to the rest of your program, Luca. Thanks so much. Happy New Year. You too, dear. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, so uh, I have something from Ernst Zundel that I have to read, okay? Because we're, we're talking about what... I'm not talking about what the truth is. I'm talking about the truth that I'm after, okay? But, uh, wow, if anybody knows about Ernst Zundel, okay, very quickly... Uh, it's not Zundel, sorry, it's Zundel. Uh, Zundel has the uh, little things, the two little dots on, on the U. It's Zundel. Uh Okay, anybody want to research Sylvia Stoltz, S-T-O-L-T-Z, I believe? Is there a Z, I'm, uh, a T, I'm not sure. Stoltz, I think there is. Um, wow, she, okay, so she stood up and she was one the lawyer representing Ernst Dundel, right? She was told to stop speaking because she was talking about the Holocaust. She was asked to stop speaking. She completely ignored it because she knew she could. And she was not going to stop speaking. She was told to stop speaking a second time. She conti- she completely disregarded, as if nobody had spoken. This is the judge telling her to stop. He stands up the third time, apparently, tells her to stop speaking a third time or suffer the consequences. 
She keeps speaking the third time. They come up to her. They have to literally pick her up and lift her out of the courtroom while she still speaks on her way out. She was sent to jail for three and a half years. She lost her license to practice law in Germany. Oh, really? Okay. You know, isn't that kind of a red flag somewhere? A woman that has the, the, the heart of a lion, the spirit of a lion. And then all of a sudden you hear a, a German program honoring her, apparently when she came out of jail. I'm not sure of the dates. And then there's a 93-year-old woman that we're putting in jail because she said the Holocaust is not what we were told. Of course it wasn't. We were lied to. I'm not saying it. I'm not a denier. Okay, I'm not a Hitler lover or a Holocaust denier. I'm saying what we were told about it is a lie. Okay, listen to what Ernst Zundel says. Nobody ever analyzed why the German nation that had more Nobel Prize winners, the more famous researchers, scientists, some of the best educated countries in, in the world. Why did they turn on the Jews? Why did these good Germans turn on the Jews? Uh who had more Jews living amongst them, even percentage-wise, like the like United States today. So why was that? Because, according to Ernst Zundel, and I'm reading it, they displayed the same voracious ethnocentrism, power-grabbing, influence-peddling, buying of politicians, uh, dominating the public airwaves and the public media in Germany and so on that they displayed in the United States. He says, I'm not much of a prophet, but I can say this much. In the United States, mark my words, you are going to have Weimar conditions. You are going to have Weimar solutions to the Weimar conditions. You know, how, how come East Germany collapsed so quickly or the Soviet, the former Soviet Union? Why did it collapse so quickly with all of its uh, secret services, spy agencies, NKVD and Stasi's? It, it imploded so quickly. He has no idea, he says. But there's no doubt in my mind, he continues. The United States is heading in the same direction. And that's exactly what Patton said in 1945. I fear that America will become a country of corruption and degenerate morals. Because it's run by international Zionists that pledge allegiance to Israel in Congress. Okay. So he finishes by saying there's only one problem. He said, there's no doubt in my mind that the United States is heading in the same direction with only one difference. In America, there's enough guns out on the streets and enough lawlessness in the public and the revolutionary spirit that founded this republic. The United States is armed to the teeth and they have the spirit of revolution in their blood and they are heroes. That's what Ernst Zundel has to say. You know, that doesn't coincide with what we hear, you know. Oh, and uh, one more thing. Uh, General Dwight D. Eisenhower writes a 559-page book called Crusade in Europe. At the same time, Winston Churchill, Sir Winston Churchill, writes a 4,448-page, six-volume work titled The Second World War. And also Charles de Gaulle. Let me say that like a Frenchman. Charles de Gaulle, he writes a 2,054-page, three-volume work called Mémoire de Guerre. But there's no mention of the Holocaust or 
uh, you know, the, the, the Jews or the concentration camps or Auschwitz or anything like that in, in all of that's over 7,000 pages. Really? See, but we're not supposed to go there. Luca, you, you know, we're not, we're not supposed to hear that kind of stuff. So, okay. Um, well, we're going to hear, okay, this is, I just gave you an idea of what maybe you don't know. And I hope you don't, because this is something I, I didn't really know that, that well before, uh, I started researching it and and now talking about it, but uh, Whitney Webb, uh, she's speaking with uh, Redacted on YouTube, and I really suggest people uh, listen to this because um, I'm going to give her a copy of this if um, if I ever get. You know, I was writing it on Facebook what I was going to talk about today on the show, and I wrote her name. And it, it tagged her, so that'll be wonderful. Maybe I can give her a copy of it. I hope I can. Uh, in this first clip from Whitney Webb, speaking with Redacted, okay, we really need to listen. The entirety of her message, it's really important. Uh, she's mentioning here in the first part, suddenly under the guides of the WEF, uh, we see Russia with its big interests, working with the USA, Inc., and it gets better. Oh, wait, wait now. A couple of years ago, weren't we saying that it was Russian disinformation and Russia this and Russia that? Oh, well, under the WEF now, it's Russia working with the United States and it gets better because the WEF is seen collaborating with intel agencies in the USA, Inc. And she shares that story. And she's also talking about a cyber attack. Oh, that was promised before the end of 2024, was it? Problem, reaction, solution, like most people know on the show, eagerly and dialectic. Indeed, you're going to hear this. This is clip one from Whitney Webb. Let's have a listen. So this was said at the WEF annual meeting earlier this year in January by uh, the WEF managing director, Jeremy Jurgens. And uh, Jurgens, as well as the WEF itself, has been involved in a series of simulations for several years now that I'm sure a lot of people in your audience are familiar with uh, called Cyber Polygon which has been directly affiliated with uh, Russia's government, as well as some of Russia's biggest banks and some of the biggest commercial banks um, in the world, and also backed by a lot of uh, U.S. federal agencies, which is ironic when you consider, you know, all the about alleged Russian hacks over the years. They're very willing, under the guise of the WEF, to uh, collaborate with the, you know, supposed hackers um, responsible for everything bad, you know, for several years ago. Um, so that's quite revealing. Um, but aside from cyber polygon, there's a lot that the WEF seeks to accomplish um, as it relates to the cyber realm. And they've been collaborating in a lot of ways with these same ba- big banks and also American intelligence agencies in unprecedented ways that has not really gotten any coverage over the past several years. And a lot of this is housed within a public-private partnership the WEF manages called the World Economic Forum Partnership Against Cybercrime. And uh, these... Uh, This particular organization, uh, back a a few years ago, gamed out with the Carnegie Endowment, um, along with the Federal Reserve, the Bank of England, the European Central Bank, so some of the biggest central banks in the world, as well as some of the biggest commercials in the world, like Bank of America and J.P. Morgan, um, how essentially the U.S. financial system was due to be uh, the victim of a massive cyber attack. And if you're familiar with how things have been going in the U.S. financial or banking system recently, uh, things are not in a very good state at all. And regardless of if, in, you know, if there would be or will be a cyber attack in the near future, um, the banking and financial system in the, in the United States is in 
uh, deep doo-doo, right? So uh, if you're the big banks and the intelligence agencies, you want to avoid what happened after the 2008 economic crisis where there was unprecedented anger at Wall Street because the whole hope and change Obama uh, psyop, essentially, is probably not going to work again. So how do you allow that collapse to happen because it has to happen in such a way that the banks and the government are essentially blameless. Well, have a cyber attack happen and you can literally blame any, any nation state or group uh, for that hack. And we know this because of what WikiLeaks published right before Julian Assange was completely silenced and then later uh, arrested and dragged out of the Ecuadorian embassy in London, uh, Vault 7. Uh, which revealed things like the Umbridge program, among other things, that U.S. intelligence and other intelligence agencies that are affiliated with this WEF partnership against cybercrime have the ability uh, to place the fingerprints of any nation-state actor they wish, including Russia, China, Iran, and really North Korea, any other group uh, as well, uh, not just nation-states, put their fingerprints in a hack they actually commit themselves. And this is very significant because this offers, you know, these intelligent agencies unprecedented ability to have uh, to conduct false flag operations in the cyber realm. Can you imagine? So basically whatever you're fearing, whatever you don't know and what you fear, you're right about, you know how they say what you think you know about what the government's doing. There's a, a lot more that you don't know about. It goes a lot deeper She's giving us the idea. And me, who likes to to compartmentalize, here I go, oh, WF, oh, project what? Oh, okay, cyber polygon. Oh, okay, you know, oh, oh, intel agencies, big banks. See, so it's like a cushion of lies that, you know, and we're slowly pulling the veil back. We're slowly pulling it back, right? And in clip two, now she's going to tell you how she thinks, and so do I uh, in a big way, it's going to happen, right? You get a cyber attack, you lose everything, and then all of a sudden you go to you know hook up again on the internet. Oh, we're so sorry. Uh, from now on, you're going to have to do this, you're going to have to do that, you're going to have to have a, a digital ID, you're going to have to, you know, it's complete. They do this now, so it, depending on how long it's going to take them to turn things around, that's going to be the length of the cyber attack, supposedly, right? It's a it's a joke, okay? We're being played with, just like COVID. This is COVID all over again. In clip two, um, you can hear about U.S. Secret Service, FBI, Department of Justice, working with these folks directly with the U.S. big tech companies. See? So, again, remember that... The, Picture in the beginning, morality or order follower, right? Are people actually paid off to do this? Is that what this is all about? And the people like you and I that are just flipping out, peed off about this are, are just going to be left to, you know, left to rot, right? We just won't be a part of the system, like uh, Klaus Schwab loves to say. Uh, okay, three minutes to the break, so we don't have long enough to play the clip. So um, why don't I just refresh people's memory about uh, what Klaus Schwab said? And thank you so much for, for, to the producer for mentioning that. Uh, mission accomplished, Klaus Schwab says. And again, this is a meme I'm sharing. This is not necessarily saying, oh, this is true. Uh, this resonates big time with me. <coughs> Excuse me. Mission accomplished, he says in this meme. The fake pandemic is over. 
We jabbed enough to depopulate the uh, the earth by billions in five to ten years. We have plausible deniability. Once the die-off begins in earnest, uh, no one will blame the vaccines. The jabs will go down the memory hole. The animal test told us what will happen. The die-off is slow but certain. Even Sherry Tenpenny was saying that by 2030, people will be, you know, dying off like like crazy. She had a number I don't remember, but you know, the the Earth is not dying. Okay, climate change is another lie. You know, we can find clips from before 2000 when they said that you know the the water level will be uh, up up to the nose level of the uh, of the Statue of Liberty if we don't do something about climate change before the year 2000. You remember that silly stuff like that all the time? The earth is not dying. It's being killed. And the people, according to Utah Phillips, the, the people who are killing it have names and addresses. Okay? Uh, and when we come back from the break, we're going to listen to uh, clip two of uh, Whitney Webb. But, you know, I got to tell you, people keep asking me, you know, and this is something I'm going to say till I die, and they're going to raise their eyebrows, like Roger says, or roll their eyes, like Roger Landry would say, because, oh, he's, they know what I'm going to say, you know. And the movie The Last Samurai, there's that one line that I'll never forget, and it's forming the rest of my life uh, on, on this earth. Um, finally, the guy, you know, looks at Tom Cruise, and, and he says, what is it about your own people that you hate so much? And that's my line, okay? Because I, I almost cried the first time I heard Chief Joseph, uh, not Chief Joseph, that was Geronimo's voice in 1995. The first time I heard his voice, my eyes welled up because I never heard people talk like that before. What's this world we've been lied to about or kept from? It's called the, the world of spirit. It's called the world of uh, self-reliance that the government is trying to break the cycle of self-reliance that we have. They're slowly breaking that so that we will not be able to live without their offerings or without whatever they have to offer us, which is what bugs, etc. I don't think so. Folks have a, have a great, uh, of your smoke or whatever, or I'm going to go wet my whistle. We'll be right back for the last segment. Don't go away. till the cows come home to get your new ease-off drop and lift what in the world is an ease-off drop and lift our ease-off is a new tool to increase production for your meat processing company that will get that whole hog or half a beef on or off your rail with our remote control that sounds great but can i afford it sure and the ease-off installs fast the effortless operation will reduce fatigue speed up your line and increase profits okay I'm convinced. Where can I get my ease off? Go to easeoff.com. That's E A Z E O F F.com. And hurry because we're offering free shipping for a limited time. Easeoff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. Easeoff LLC. 
417-932-6419. Hello, hello, hello from beautiful Colorado. My name is Samuel Jung Kay, and I am currently the lead Shiloji hunter and master herbalist for Colorado Shiloji Company. In this video series, I will be discussing what we believe is the greatest of all adaptogenic superfoods and the single greatest natural healing remedy gifted to us by Mother Earth. I think you too will become as excited by this incredible substance called Shiloji as we were and are after our discovery of this amazing gift right here in beautiful, colorful Colorado. You may already know Shiloji by other names, Shilajit, Momi. Momi, Mami, Mineral Pitch, Asphaltum, and others. Shiloji literally translates to destroyer of weakness and conqueror of mountains. Shiloji has been in use for thousands of years and is considered as the highest valued cure-all of any earthly substance. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. HempPaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at RepublicBroadcasting.org and visit HempPaste.com slash RBN. And we're back for the last segment of Lucas World, how's everybody doing? Uh, we were talking about um, Whitney Webb, as if she was my special guest on the show today. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I could have written out what she wrote and shared it with you, but this is too important. So in the last segment, and this is the final clip of uh, two of them, we're going to talk about, um, she's going to talk about uh, regulated internet and how they're going to accomplish that. You know, and you would not believe, like, what, what would you say if somebody told you Israeli intelligence, British intelligence, U.S. Secret Service, FBI, Department of Justice, and the biggest banks are involved in all of this, right, with the WEF, okay, directly with major U.S. tech companies. See what I mean? Everybody's bought off. This is what the whole idea is. Sell your soul, right? Well, what about uh, the scriptures, you know? We'll get more about that when you come back. Let's listen to uh, clip two. This group specifically has a lot of solutions aside from, you know, things with the banking system that they cannot really justify implementing unless there is some sort of large cyber attack. So what does the WEF partnership against cybercrime want? Um, they're very open that they want a regulated internet, and they're essentially seeking a policy that was uh, efforts were made to implement during the Obama administration in the U.S. They called it a driver's for the internet. Um, so essentially what this um, 
public-private partnership that the WEF is pushing for is for every person's access to the Internet to be tied to a digital ID uh, or a government-issued ID, but presumably a digital ID just because of where government-issued ID programs are all uh, going essentially around the world. And the goal of that, of course, if your ID is linked to your Internet access, uh, intelligence agencies know exactly what media you are consuming uh, in terms of you know, what you read and also what you post online. And that has been the goal for a very, very long time. Um, People aren't necessarily going to consent to that unless uh, they are made to believe that anonymity and privacy online are dangerous. So um, how exactly can you convince people that that needs to happen? Well, you have some sort of event where anonymous hackers um, do something online that causes major disruption globally, and then the consent can be manufactured through fear and panic, as, as is often done, uh, that anonymity and privacy needs to be eliminated, that we need to know exactly who is doing what online to prevent a calamity of that scale from ever happening again. And this is the exact solution that these guys have been cooking for a very long time, and the intelligence agencies involved are Israeli intelligence, British intelligence, and then the U.S. Secret Service, uh, FBI, and Department of Justice. And you have several of the biggest uh, banks in the country, like Bank of America, um, involved directly with this group, as well as major U.S. tech companies like Microsoft and Amazon uh, partnered with all of this. And uh, this is exactly what they're seeking, and they have all the tools to allow something like this. Uh, to happen, and when you have the fact that some of these actors want a, re a, a war where the U.S., for example, goes to war with Iran, among other things, and they have the ability to attribute, um, you know, cyber attacks of any scale to any entity at all, and uh, this is a big problem because when these alleged hacks take place, whether it's blamed on Russia, Iran, or China, the headline will blame these countries, but if you actually read the article itself, they don't actually have the evidence to make that. No, they don't. And they that's okay. We'll listen to the clips next country. time. I just wanted to say goodbye to everybody while we can. This is Luca Mino. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Be safe, everybody. Republicbroadcasting.org. Smash that donate button like Russian peacekeepers smashing through the Azov neo-Nazi terrorists in the Donbass. I don't think you can explain politics without looking at Jewish power any more than you can explain physics without dealing with gravity. 9-11 was a jointly conducted covert operation that involved multiple states, the Saudis, the Israelis, and what you could call the deep state in the cool, United with States. anti-Semitic remarks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're jiggling juice, we used to say, the, uh, the dancing Israelis. Uh, so even the Republicans now are compromising and they're pushing issues that are destructive to the white race. They would always say, like, are we just going to talk about this stuff on the radio? Like, what are we going to do about it? Either we force the democracy to work by actually getting the ballot access, getting the candidates, getting in office, getting our message out there to the people, or we expose just how undemocratic it is. The Patrick and Jeremy Show, Tuesday at 9 Central and Wednesday at 1 Central. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.